So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a life coach who ended a 20-year relationship with alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to quitting alcohol that breaks all the rules, amazing stories from women who are throwing a better party because of it, and how you can stop drinking and start living. This show is not a substitute for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a health professional if your alcohol consumption is a risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back for another episode of Stop Drinking and Start Living. I am so excited today to be interviewing a newer person in my life um, and the interweavings of how all of these relationships work and how the stars align, I always just think is really fascinating. And it is part of, um, you know, when you get alcohol out of your way, you start opening up to new possibilities. And I kind of think that our relationship for this interview is one of those things for me anyway, and I'm not sure about Kelsey, but Kelsey Irish is here and Kelsey, thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. That was such a lovely way to put our relationship. I, I agree. Yeah. So, um, Kelsey and I met, um, at a moon manifestation. Well, not really moon manifestation, but a, um, a moon workshop that I was teaching where we were talking about how to use the phases of the moon to kind of get a better, deeper understanding of our own personal phases. And um, she ended up being the only one there. So we got to really um, connect in that way. And I was open to teaching that class because I was opening up myself to new possibilities on the other side of alcohol. And it was kind of why you were there as well. So um yeah, so Kelsey, tell um, tell us a little bit about you and where what you're up to most days in your life. Cool. Um, yes, I am new to Oregon as Portland specifically. I've been here for 
almost a year. Um, I work, my day job is with New Balance. I'm a visual merchandiser. Um, and that means that I support global retail stores in their presentation. So on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm either at home, um, you know, working with like a double monitor or taking calls, or oftentimes I'll go to a coffee shop and answer emails. Um, I do travel a lot to international locations, which has been so fun. Um, I really enjoy that part and the fact that no day is really the same. And then I also moonlight in interior design and styling. So when I'm not working for New Balance, I'll be at like a client's house doing an installation or meeting someone for a fitting. And I do truly love uh, the variety in my days. Yeah, that's amazing. It sounds really fun. I know I need to know more about all of those things. Yeah. What are you doing right now that feels really magical for you and really special in your life besides all of those things that sound amazing? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing for me at this point is the freedom over my schedule. Um, you know, being able to come and glow as I please and not being forced into specific hours. If I feel inspired at a certain time of day, then that's when I work. And, you know, if I feel like I need to sit down and write in my journal. I'm able to do that. Um, I'm able to really decide how I spend my time. Um, and that has been, you know, one of the most amazing things that's ever come to me in my life. So I feel, you know, really blessed at this point to have complete freedom over my schedule. Yeah, I love that. And you're still getting a lot of stuff done, it sounds like. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more inspiring. to. And I'm able to accomplish more when I feel happier and when I feel like my needs are being met. You know, my, my number one appointment weekly is with my chiropractor. Mm. And without that, I'm not sure I would be getting anything else done. So being able to have the freedom to schedule that as I need is, is really important. <clears throat> yeah, that is amazing. Um, I wanted to, st I usually ask people a little bit about their kind of like alcohol story, but because we were talking so much about work and what you're up to in your schedule, um, I guess I'll just, I would love to circle back around to that and how that's kind of changed, changed that for you and, and the freedom that you have. But um, tell me a little bit about where, how alcohol came into your life, um, just kind of briefly a backstory, but then yeah. where you really were when you made a transition out of it. Okay. So I um, am the youngest of three children. And so alcohol came into my life at a super early age. I very vividly remember the first time I drank alcohol was in seventh grade. Um, my sister was throwing a party when my parents were on vacation and she was supposed to be babysitting. Um, and she didn't actually give me any alcohol, but she definitely saw me take it and told me don't puke. Um, so that was her, that was her, uh, older sister advice for me. And then, you know, from there was kind of a slippery slope. Like I, I drank heavily for years and years and years. Um, I don't ever remember a period of time that I wasn't drinking. I, you know, was an athlete in college and in high school, and that kind of, you know, comes along with the territory. Um, yeah, I, 
I can't think of a time that I didn't drink up until, you know, I'm now 34 and this is the first time I've ever given my body a break. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can, you know, I think about a lot of the negative impact it's had over these years and that, you know, is kind of like the motivating force right now. Yeah. And so do you think that there was a point like recently when you made a transition where you're like, this just isn't supporting the change, the changes that I'm looking for, or, um, I guess, you know, what was the, what was the, the factor that really made you start to question alcohol in your life? Um, yes, there definitely was a moment. So, for a while, alcohol, for many years, I would say alcohol has been just making me, quite frankly, feel like complete shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a health and wellness nut, and I'm so rigid with my diet and, you know, the food I eat and the time that I eat food. And I'm like a supplement queen. Um, but essentially, for years, I was still continuing to poison my body um, with alcohol. And I was feeling guilty for a while about that because it just wasn't something that I was willing to change. It was so deeply a part of my life. It's what you did every weekend and it's how we kicked the weekend off and it's how we ended the weekend. And that is, you know, it's pervasive in our culture. And so I was really deeply embedded in that. Um, I, um, it took a really rock bottom moment for me to, to change my relationship. I went through a a major breakup and it it was a full blown life transition. I had moved from Boston to Portland and, you know, had this major life change and everything kind of blew up in my face. And at the end of that, initially I was using alcohol as a crutch. It felt better. Um, you know, it, it got me through some sad moments and, but ultimately when I decided that I was ready to kind of come out of this period of grieving, um, I realized that everything in my life is changing completely and why not just add on not drinking? Because at least I know that this is one positive change that can come out of everything. Hmm. Yeah. I love that idea. I find so many people kind of, it, it is interesting having like a, almost a rock bottom moment um, because we were talking a little bit before, but so many people just changing that one aspect seems so impossible when everything else is kind of staying the same. So it's, um, I find that it's super important for people to really kind of future focus into what else is possible for their life? Like not that you're just changing this one aspect of alcohol and kind of sitting in deprivation. So you were a little bit forced into changing other areas of your life. Um, And so what else has changed that, you know, was kind of the same, just like socially or work-wise that you think has also come out of changing your relationship with alcohol or what are you seeing now in your life that, um, that you weren't able to like see before some old belief patterns that you had. Yeah. I mean, exactly what you, you said this. Um, I had to rebuild completely from what felt like the ground up. And because I had had that guilt for a few years and I knew that 
the relationship with alcohol no longer served me. It was kind of a blessing that I was able, when I was deciding how I was going to rebuild my life in this new place, um, that I made the conscious decision that, you know, I'm not going to go out and make friends at a bar. I'm going to, you know, choose consciously other things. And that's how, um, I chose to rebuild my life without alcohol in it. I think it would be really, really different if I still lived in Boston and I was in the same patterns and I was going out with friends each weekend um, to make that big change. But because I was starting from essentially nothing, um, it just felt like the right decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ask me the next question again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I think that that I, so I was just asking about, um, what ways I guess you're doing things differently and you did yes. answer that. So you're, you're kind of trying to engage in a, in socially in a more conscious way. Yeah. Um, and so how, and I had asked you also about work. Do you think that this, I don't know if your work was like the same or if you were going into an office when you were in Boston, but do you feel like with traveling and with like this kind of freedom in your work schedule, how has um, changing your relationship to alcohol showed up in, in that way? With work, um, you know, I was going into an office in a more traditional, you know, work setting when I was in Boston. Um, and it's kind of the same as I just described with my friends, like when you're in that comfort zone and you mm-hmm. just kind of do things, how things are all always done. Um, I, I think not drinking would be different. I, I absolutely think having control over my schedule, um, doesn't really put me into those situations where I have to like awkwardly say, oh, you know, I don't, I'd rather have a kombucha or this, that, and the other, or, you know, not not think about happy hour. So, um, I, I definitely think it helps, um, without that. I don't have to be in those situations for sure. Yeah. And I, I know that that is something for people, like, how am I going to rewrite this? And I, I think a lot of times it comes out and you can tell me how you think about this. I mean, cause you still interact with people that from when you were living there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you still have a community there. And do you have, how have you approached that around your relationship with alcohol? Cause I do think that that's something that a lot of people are really scared of. And usually Mm -hmm. what I find is it's, it's your energy personally that kind of dictates how other people respond to it. Like I was just talking with a client who said like at first, people were responding to her really weird. But once she started being more comfortable and just going out and being like, like not hiding it, she's like, no doubt. Then people just like, they were just like, whatever too. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't have to be a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. unless you, unless you make it a thing. And honestly, I feel like if people are uncomfortable, then that probably says a little bit more about their relationship with alcohol other than I like still going to bars. Like I like, chatting and like being in that atmosphere just because it's really jovial. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, whether or not I'm drinking a beer or a seltzer water that looks like a cocktail, like it doesn't affect me, but I think it, uh, maybe makes some other people uncomfortable because they maybe are questioning, um, 
you know, whether or not they want to be drinking. So I kind of just, I really have just let that go. And I've, you know, I'm going to a networking event tonight and this is like my third one, the first one. And I, and you know, walking into a room full of people you don't know is really, really uncomfortable. And, and that's why you go straight to the bar and you order, you know, your vodka soda or whatever. And I, I, I didn't do it. And, um, and it was, you know, difficult, but the more and more you do it, then the easier it gets. And at this point, it's just like, what the hell? Like, this is just how it is. So yeah, totally. (laughs) Do you feel like now that you've done that a couple of times, it's been like you're, and I, I, I found this true for myself and for clients is that you kind of are telling yourself a story about why you need that. And like, then you're just proving to yourself that you really don't. Totally. And I've actually kind of reframed it. Whereas it's like, so I just want to be clear. Like I don't consider myself sober. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's just, it's not, it's sober feels like a very harsh label. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that I'm never going to have a shot of tequila when I go on vacation or I'm with girlfriends or something like that. And I use cannabis pretty regularly. So I guess I do still feel like there is some kind of crutch Mm -hmm. for that, but it is the crutch that works for me and it makes me feel best and I'm very cognizant of it. Um, And so um, it's not that I've reframed it from, I I can't drink to, I'm choosing not to drink. It's just like, I don't want to, I'm at the bar and I could order a drink with alcohol or I could just drink the soda water because I know that's what I actually want and what makes me feel better. Um, but the option is still there. Right. So if I wanted it, then I would choose it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just that at this point, it's a, it's more of like an abundance thing. It's I'm not lacking. I'm just, I'm, I'm choosing what I want. Yes. I love that. It's such a different, it's such a different mindset of that empowerment feeling of, you know, instead of sitting in the corner in deprivation of like, why can't I? It's like, no, I absolutely can, but I'm choosing the result that I want for myself, you know, with all of the implications that this, this leaves for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I also like, I think I took a really hard look about what I enjoyed about drinking and it's definitely the social aspect. Um, I, you know, chatting around like a fire with a beer at a bar and and connecting has been, is something that I really love. And then I looked at the part of it that I really didn't like is feeling like absolute shit or being dragged down or tired or not able to focus the next day because I had too many drinks. So, um, you know, that is why I kind of approach it, whereas I can still have a drink if that is what I wanted and it would be within my limits and boundaries, but I'm not going to not hang out at a bar or go to happy hour because I feel like I don't want to be around alcohol. It's, you know, thank God we're in Portland and bars have kombucha. So you still have something to sit on, sit and drink and sip on. Um, but it's more of the connection that I like. And so I made a decision that I would not evade that situation because alcohol was there, but rather I'd kind of use it to my, um, how I, how I would like to. Yeah, absolutely. And do you feel like you've been able to, what has that been like for you, you know, making, connecting on the outside of alcohol in those same situations? Um, I think I, 
you know, I, I'm kind of the one that's there maybe earlier and shorter in these scenarios than, you know, the last person at the bar, which makes it a lot easier because once people hit that, mm-hmm. um, that limit where they start feeling like really boozy and, and drunk, it's like, eh, this is maybe not fun. So I think there's definitely like a limit. Um, and you just, when you get there, you get there and it's easy. You can just walk away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as your ability, I mean, you said earlier too, like you were choosing different ways to consciously connect with people. So, mm-hmm. so the, you know, the way in which you thought you were connecting before with alcohol wasn't true, like necessarily true. Like you have oh, definitely. I remember like, oh man, like bonding with people drunk <laughs> and like, you, you know, you think you're making like these amazing friendships and like you're exchanging numbers. I can't see how many times I've exchanged numbers with someone after like a long drinking session and the next morning waking up and feeling so anxious because even though I wasn't blacked out or anything like that, just the alcohol in my body like made it so that I couldn't, I would never connect with that person that I thought I was going to connect with after six drinks. Like, so I wasn't gaining anything anyway. And so now I can still, you know, have those conversations probably fewer and further between. But when I do, like, I don't have that anxiety of like, Oh my God, what was I like? Like, what was Mm -hmm. I doing? Like, what was I saying? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that you actually might connect with that person. Yeah, exactly. That you're, you're, that you're making connections with on the outside of alcohol. Um, I love that. And thank you for kind of clarifying about, you know, sobriety and all of that stuff, because I think it's really important for people to remember. And this is why I'm um, not only talking about my process that I help my clients with, but, you know, inviting a bunch of women from all over the world that have shifted their relationship with alcohol, but are really moving into like a new level of their life. Because I just think that we have so many, so much social stigma around alcohol that is being rewritten right now that it's so important to remember there are no rules and there's no one right way to do this. It's really an individual process of what you want your life to look like and how, and you know, what beliefs that you need to kind of rewrite to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And knowing that anything is possible and the way that one person does something is not the way that you need to do it. Because, you know, some people, I'm a very social person too. I love, like, I love the party. And Mm -hmm. I, so for me too, like we just went to a concert last night and it was super fun. And um, yeah, I never, I was like, I got, you know, the last episode I just put up on the podcast is throw a better party. And it was like, how can I throw a better party than booze? Well, it's having the party and then not feeling like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's how I can do it. So Completely. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I did have the thing that I was going to ask you next and now I'm, I'm, and to piggyback off what you just said, um, about everyone has to do it for themselves right so like there is no real rule book for how you do it I think you just need to get really my advice would be to just be so honest with yourself about what you're looking for what you want what like what drives your anxieties without with alcohol and what your outcome is and you just have to examine that and then ultimately like the reasons that you use alcohol will come up and, and use alcohol in excess, right? Not just mm-hmm. because you can still use alcohol, but I think it's just being really, really honest with yourself and addressing those other issues that surface. 
Um, and just, if you want to change, then that's the only way. So you really just have to figure it out. There's no easy, there is no easy answer. Yeah, it's true. And you know, and this is something else that I did want to talk about too. And like, I know you had to really drop a lot of ways in which you showed up in the world, right? From where you were living and that community and your relationship and then alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so your process of kind of unraveling a lot of stories that you created about who you were in the world, I'm sure changed. And so how has it supported your process of just kind of, you know, rediscover, like, this is what I say is, um, you know, redefining your relationship with alcohol is this can be a really beautiful journey of self-discovery. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, I definitely, I, again, like, if you asked me a year ago, like if I would ever change my relationship with alcohol, um, I would have probably just like laughed. I've, I've never even done like a sober January. Like that just wasn't on my radar. Like I, I didn't, I didn't like how it made me feel, but because of the situation I was in and it was, it was how it was a part of my life and it was how I dealt with, um, you know, my life. And, and now that my life has changed, um, I'm able to feel kind of freer and more independent and reevaluate that. And ultimately I, um, I'm just able to accomplish a lot more, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think is really important. I'm not blocking out hours of the week being drunk and then like nursing a hangover the next morning. Um, I have so much more time and energy, like my brain is functioning at a higher level, which is amazing because I've never had a good memory. Um, And I think that plus years of drinking is like taking its toll on my brain. Um, So just feeling clear is, it's enough for me to never want to revert back to those Mm. like weekends um, of binge drinking. And now I have like time to just like set and focus on my intentions and it's really been it's been awesome actually I really really love it do you feel like you are you are looking at your life in bigger and newer possibilities than you were a hundred percent a hundred percent like I've I've done more to grow my business um I'm looking at you know opening another business and I feel like there's no, um, there's nothing really kind of holding me back um, because I'm, I'm not in that pattern and that schedule where this is what you kind of do on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's really freeing. And I definitely feel like I have a different level of focus for sure. Yeah. It's amazing. Cause it's, I mean, not only also it's, it's freeing and it builds your confidence in this way too. I think it's like you start to have to show up differently because you don't have that kind of crutch to hide on or that little like cloak. percent. <laughs> um, it it takes a little while like to, and you do feel uncomfortable for a while, but I mean, that's what life is. It's about feeling. And that's what I think like, or some of the things again, that I was talking about that will come up. It's like, what are you using this for? And like, Mm. what do you ultimately like, what do you want the outcome to be? Cause you just need to, to get there and it's not easy and it's not always pretty, but 
it's pretty freeing once you um, sort through some of that shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that that feeling piece is so huge because, you know, we're not really taught a lot of emotional intelligence in our culture and it's kind of like emotions. No, they're not, you know, like sad means bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. And so I think when, um, when you're open and willing to feel whatever needs to be felt and really just kind of tuning into what's the worst that can happen if I feel this feeling, right? What's the worst that can happen if I feel a little uncomfortable at a networking event? Like, exactly. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Just like leave some space. Like it's going to be awkward, but like, you know what? Everyone's awkward. Like, right. <laughs> what? No one's going to remember. No one, no one. Like, I think people think that people, you know, I think people think, how, how am I going to say this without using too many words? Um, People don't think about you as much as you think they do. Like exactly. nobody, nobody remembers you standing around feeling awkward. Only you do. Like, right. Exactly. And <laughs> and you probably did a lot worse stuff that you don't remember. Completely. <laughs> completely. And you know what? Other people drink too. So let them be the jovial one to like envelop you in conversation and just like go with it. Like just you know, you just pretend like you are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The one thing I, the one place, and I talked about this in one of the first episodes as part of my shifts is um, being in the place of curiosity. And whenever we're in transition, um, whether it's like changing your relationship to alcohol or going to a new thing that you haven't done, um, if you're in a place of curiosity about the other person or just what's possible, then those other feelings can't it kind of overrides that awkwardness or that negative space like if you just show up and you ask a bunch of questions about other people um 100%, 100%. Yeah. you nailed it that's exactly that's exactly what I just kind of I'm just there and I'm open and exactly that's exactly yeah what I, mean. <laughs> I wanted to ask you because I didn't um this wasn't something that we had talked about before but um I also had a long parallel relationship with wellness and alcohol um, for many years. And I think it's a really interesting distinction to make, of, not distinction, but there's almost like, I don't know how this was for you, but where my brain, like there was a switch in my brain that flipped when I finally realized that not that it wasn't not okay to drink alcohol, but for so long, I had just been very healthy on a path of mindfulness. I, you know, am a personal trainer, yoga instructor, all these things. And for whatever reason, I just kept making like these excuses or just thinking like, no, but this drinking is okay. And it's probably going to be part of my life forever. Even though I did have this like hypocritical feeling around it as well. Um, do you think that there was a point when you went through this transition where you see the whole process now and in just like a new light than you were ever able to see it before? I mean, you kind of alluded to that where like, if I asked you a year ago, you would never have thought this. A hundred percent. And it's all situational. Um, yeah. I was in a situation a year ago where I thought that this is just, you know, what my life is. So I'm just kind of, to some extent, like I was just along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I'm being, I'm setting intentions and this is right. how I'm choosing to live my life rather than just being along for the ride for sure. Yeah. And, um, and I don't really, part of like, I don't really 
I'm not really here to take down the alcohol industry, but I do think <laughs> it's important to, to recognize that, like you were saying, like clarity of the mind and all of these ways that, you know, that it is limiting in all of this work that you're doing to stay healthy, to be healthy and kind of taking that perspective and like asking yourself too, why do I want this part of my life? Right? Like, why are you, why do I do all these healthy things? Cause I meet so many people and I was doing it too. Why do I want all these healthy mindfulness things in my life? But then I'm kind of negating it on the other end. And mm -hmm. if I really go back to look at that piece of it, I think that those, those aspects and the answers for that can be inspiration to, you know, to kind of move, move over and past alcohol. Um, do you think that like now, because you still obviously are doing all of those things you were doing, do you think that those, like the, your movement practice and all those supported your transition outside of alcohol? A hundred percent. I think it, you know, it gets you to this point and it makes you very aware of the detriment of alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, because you're seemingly, you know, Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, Monday, maybe Monday through Wednesday, um, <laughs> <laughs> spending your life in this, like, you know, doing, being extremely healthy and doing all the things you're supposed to do. But then it like, because alcohol is so pervasive, the weekend rolls around and you're kind of like off track and you're not, you know, when I'm, I have these grand ideas to wake up and, and work out on Saturday, but I feel like shit and I don't want to. Um, so I think that was just like setting the path. And then I knew, I just knew for, I, I probably knew for two years, I was like, you know, there's just one more thing. Like that's like holding me back from my health and I'm spending so much time and money and energy on like supplements and workouts. And, and then I'm still, I'm still doing this. Like it just felt so you know, so the opposite of what I want to be doing. Um, and then, you know, as I've gotten a little older, I think like the final straw was really like my hormones were just screaming, like mm -hmm. you need to stop. Like I was, it was, it was pretty bad. Like I was, um, feeling super uncomfortable, like around my menstrual cycle and, what, what I would just assume would be like what people experiencing menopause would feel like I would have these like night sweats that I'd never had before and all of this uncomfortableness. And I was like, this is my body, mm -hmm. um, speaking to me and you know, my mind knows, but now my body's actually screaming and it's like, at some point you just can't deny it any longer. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, being aware of your body in a physical way too, like, because you, when you have to work out, you feel your body and you know mm -hmm. what's happening with it. I do think that that kind of makes that sensitivity like more present too, where you're not just kind of, uh, <clears throat> where you're used to feeling really good sometimes. So the, the, the opposite of that is very extreme as well. Completely. And then like the mental, like, you know, deep down that what you're doing. So then you start to feel guilty and you start mm -hmm. to feel burdened. So it's more than just a physical manifestation. It's like affecting your psyche too, that you're, you know, you know, that I, I know that this isn't good for me anymore, right. um, but I'm unable at this point, I feel like I'm unable to stop it, but I know that I need to. 
Right. And I think that one of the things too, that I try to encourage people to look at too, is almost just like, um, like when we grow and we grow older, that there are certain things in our lives that just change, right? Like when there's things that you do now that you, or you, that you don't do now that you probably did when you were in college. And I always kind of look at, um, especially for really high achieving women like yourself, um, and, you know, productive goal oriented women that alcohol ends up being this constant throughout life. But when it is a constant, there's that internal battle and it's almost like a stage of maturity too. Like mm-hmm. you used to be able to interact with alcohol probably when you were in college, um, might've been okay and fun. And you weren't really thinking so much about it and having the mental anguish. And, and you can tell me what you think about this too, but like, you, you know, your next level in your life, you've transitioned and it's just, it's like holding on to this piece of our life that just isn't part of it anymore. And I think that for whatever reason, alcohol specifically, because of the addictive qualities, it does take that hold on us. But I think looking at it from that perspective of like, um, I don't know, like, you know, maybe I don't stay up until four in the morning anymore, or I also don't, you know, I think that there's a whole, a whole lot of things that we don't do anymore that we used to do when we were, when we were younger. Completely. Um, and I think that that's, I mean, do you feel like you had just said too, like your hormones, but like, did you have the same mental anguish? Like when you were in college around alcohol? I, I think you're, I think you nailed it. Like, I think alcohol is different in different stages of your life. Like we all can remember being 23 and staying up till 4am and then finally blacking out and like you're up at you know 10am the next morning like and you're just you're still able to go and then you know I if I had a if I had a dollar for every time I've heard a 27 year old girl being like oh my god hangovers hit me so differently now (laughs) and I'm like girl you just (laughs) it is only gonna get worse and worse and so like you do start you hit that stage where you start to notice that you don't bounce back like you used to and then finally you hit that stage where your hormones are actually screaming like Mm -hmm. stop this right now um yeah, I think, and I think at this point in my life, like I have other girlfriends also, and I'm finding more women. Um, and I don't know if it's a result of, you know, me not going to the bar and meeting people, but I have older girlfriends that I've had for years too that are um, reevaluating their um, relationship with alcohol. And I think that it's, it is just another stage where you can't be the best version of yourself and it's it just doesn't fit in with you know it just doesn't fit with your body anymore so yeah and I really love looking at it in that way and I do think like the collective consciousness is shifting around that where we're being encouraged more to be our own thought lead you know we're all encouraging to be thought leaders in our own life you know and mindfulness and awareness and all of these um, really important empowerment tools are, I think, kind of coming to the collective now of like, how can we be the best version of ourselves so we can serve the whole? And I do think alcohol is a piece of that that is slowly changing. Um, 
And, you know, and I don't think it's, I don't think just because you're young means like throw caution to the wind and no, definitely you know, not. Definitely not because I wish the 23, my 23 year old self knew what it was probably doing to my brain cells. Right. Like, that is, but I mean, I'm probably wasn't going to listen to anyone anyway, because I was too busy having so much fun. But now that I'm older and I kind of reflect on that period and I'm like, I was really doing putting some negative strain on my body that I, I kind of, you know, I, I do regret it a little bit. Um, yeah. It's it sure. definitely when your brain is still developing. I mean, I know for a lot of people, especially if they've had to go into like actual treatment and stuff, they kind of revert back to dealing emotionally with life the way that where they were when they first started drinking Mm -hmm. Um, and I think this is for people that have had to, you know, get some treatment and stuff around it. But I do think that we have to kind of relearn how to, like we were talking about, be with our emotions, you know? Yeah. Um, and so this has been, you have so much amazing information. Um, can I, I wanted to ask you kind of like one final thing about, it sounds like you have tuned in more to what it is like to be a woman, like listening to your own you know, your own cycles and your own rhythms. And do you feel like there's a, a different kind of power or pleasure that you've tapped into of being of your feminine essence um, since you have changed your relationship with alcohol and since all of these kind of changes have come about in your life? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt you're unable to, you know, you're not able to I wish there's part of me that still will be like, I would just love to go to a bar and, you know, get a little sloppy drunk until, you know, 2 a.m. and, and, and do that. But like, ultimately, it's just, I'm a better person without it. Like, mm. point blank period, I was sick of being mediocre. And now, I've made the decision to be the best version of myself and, and it takes away any of that desire, um, to be in kind of like that sloppy pattern. Yeah, totally. And, um, I think that that's what's the, the women that I've been talking to and that I'm working with are just really tuning into you know, there's this kind of version. I think we're sold this a lot of this like vacation mentality or like this sexy like culture too around alcohol. And there's like this finite point where like it sounds still kind of sounds like that in your in your head. And then, but then there's like this really small moment of time, like if you do drink, that it feels like that. And then the rest is kind of like the opposite mm -hmm. of that glamorous part of it. And so, um, what I'm seeing with you and other women too that are taking this route is just like, what does it really look like to be powerful in my skin? What does it really look like to be, you know, a sexy woman in charge of her own, of her own destiny? And um, it sounds like alcohol isn't the root there. Mm -hmm. I think like once they started manufacturing like those giant wine glasses that say mommy juice on it, oh I'm God. like, <laughs> I was like, I, yeah, I think like I'm, I'm good. Like yeah. if it's gotten to this point that it's like, that's how 
you know, the larger, the greater society is seeing alcohol, like I'm, I'm good. Like I'm going to step back and try something different. Yeah. Well, good for you. And I am going to be having an episode about mommy juice for sure, because it's a, it's just so interesting. Like the things that we look at that we kind of accept is like, okay, or, or like funny too. Like, I know I definitely did that like now just seem completely crazy to me. And it's just a mindset shift and there's no like, you know, judgment around it, but it's, it's just being in a different place and know that there's, there's a bigger and better version of yourself. And so, um, what is for our final question, I'll ask you, what are, what is like the big impossible goal for you to come for this next phase of your life? My big impossible goal yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's well, such a difficult question. <laughs> so, or what's um, inspiring you right now to, like, I, I mean, I think, I think being the best version of myself really is like that you, I love, um, how you always say like the big why, mm-hmm. um, what, how do you phrase it? The undying, <laughs> you're unflinching. The unwavering. Oh, Un- unwavering. Yes. Yes. Unflinching. That's what you say. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess what is your big, what is your big why that's keeping you, I guess, motivated to just keep continuing to improve yourself? I think being the best version of myself, like what, why would you want to be anything less than that? Like, again, I was average, like nobody wants to be average. That's just not good. So I, I want to be the best version of myself. And, um, I think just connection in a different way is becoming more important to me. Um, and being really present and really cognizant and and making connection that way has, is how I'm going to be the best version of myself, like surrounding yourself with with good people and being curious and like open and exploring and connecting, um, is really, um, my motivation. Sounds amazing. And you gave us so much to take away today from just being open and support of, you know, it's going to be hard, but I think just staying, just staying present and asking yourself the bigger questions, I think is such a great takeaway of being honest with yourself. Like you can't make change and look the other way at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you so much for that. And I'm just so excited for all of the amazing work you're doing. I can't wait to see what unfolds and I'm excited to be a part of your life too, and get to spend some more time with you on the other side of this phone call. (laughs) Thank you. I love chatting with you. Yeah. um, Well, tell us a little bit about, I want to know if you, if you are wanting to send out info about your interior design or how we can find out more about that. Oh, um, yes. So I'm not very active on Instagram, but I do have an Instagram. So that's probably the quickest way to like get links to, um, you know, the other platforms. I'm really active, active on, um, Pinterest. That's how I mainly interact with clients. But my, um, my business name is inside gelato. Um, I think that's G-E-L-A-T-O. It's all one word inside gelato. So that's Instagram, Pinterest. Um, I usually find uh, clients through Thumbtack, but any way you want to get in contact with cool. me. Yeah. And I'll definitely put it in the, the notes for your link there because I'm excited for that venture for you. It sounds really fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kelsey, so much.
Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. The process of unraveling your story outside of the confines of alcohol is truly a sacred and beautiful journey of the self. Rediscover who you are and a whole new world again. Stop by my website, Mary Wagstaff Coach. Dot com to get instant access to the on-demand workshop of my revolutionary five shifts approach. And while you're there, you can sign up for a one-on-one consultation where we will create together your life intention. This is the framework for which all of your decisions around alcohol are made from your truest and highest self. In addition to working remotely worldwide, I host private one-on-one healing retreats at my sanctuary in Mount Hood, Oregon. I can't wait to connect.